morning sun. <laughs> I feel you touch me in the pouring rain. It is 25 minutes and after the hour here on the Drunk Large Radio Show. Oh, this is too much. And uh, (laughs) I am laughing at this. People sending me notes. Anyway, so uh, I get some clarity from the loyal listener. Apparently, it was it's not written up as a story anywhere. It uh, was something that she happened to mention during an appearance on that other show in which they decided to uh, mock and insult me. But that's okay. I've uh, I've taken better shots from better people. Can we put it that way? Anyhow, so I do want to move on and discuss this uh, issue of uh, Senate Bill 193. Uh, this is truly a revolutionary step in in how we handle education. And look, folks, I think we can all agree, whatever, whether we're considered pro-public education or anti-public education, public education – James Madison and the Founding Fathers never intended the government-run schools. James Madison and the Founding Fathers believed that in order for the Constitution to succeed, America needed to be an educated and moral people. Those are, I believe, James Madison's exact words. We needed to be an educated and moral people. And I think we can take a look around and question whether or not Americans as a whole any longer are uh, educated and moral. As we as we continue to lose the culture war uh, to the values of anything goes uh, uh, versus, you know, a, a defined sense of what is and what is not and what is right and what is wrong. And one of the things that you have to understand about education, and believe it or not, one of the things that's critical to education is vocabulary. Read the book 1984. One of the things that they did in 1984 was they shrunk people's vocabularies intentionally, because if you limit people's vocabulary, you limit the terms in which they can think. They simply don't know other words and other definitions of things. And so when you talk about the dumbing down of standards back in colonial days, Back in the early days of the Republic, you know, you can find these stories and this research, you know, the average the average person's vocabulary was about twenty five thousand words, which is why when you go back and you read things like the Federalist Papers today, people are like, hey, we need to rewrite these things uh, for modern speak. No, you need to learn the words that were used back in the day. Today, the average vocabulary is somewhere around, you know, 10 to 12,000 words. So despite uh, centuries of so-called public education, what we seem to have produced is people uh, with half the ability to think as judged by their, their use of vocabulary. I mean, granted, about 6,000 of the words that people no longer use are just the F-bomb used inventively. Who needs to use the word whatever when you could just drop the F-bomb at the appropriate place, right? We have people asking, are the blogs of the meetings going to continue? Yes. Another one of our treasure trove of Lisa's says, thanks. I don't get public TV channel and I really enjoy reading the blog in real time. So, yes, meeting blogs will continue. Um, I just won't have to get up at 3.30 in the morning when the meetings are done. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> I am excited about that. So, uh, but... 
so what we've what we've seen though is education, and I've said this over and over and over again. Another one of our leases just sends a note: guilty of overusage of the f bomb. Oh well, you come from a different place. What can I tell you? But I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. So <laughs> don't don't let it deter you from using it appropriately. Anyhow, uh, it's amazing how many leases. Uh, it was like at the beginning of the of the show, we had like eight Joes that would call in. 606-6762, by the way, if you want to call in. So Senate Bill 193, stop it with all this stuff. I need to stay on topic, folks. I'm already a cat with a shiny object. You guys are dangling like caviar in front of my face. I got some of that for Christmas last year. I should probably eat it soon, huh? Anyway. <laughs> so... What we've seen is a hijacking of the educational system by the government at all levels, including colleges. And if I ever had any doubt about the university system, go, going through the process of looking, th- looking at colleges and what they're offering and how they're operating now with my son has been a most enlightening and depressing process. Not that he hasn't found good schools that he wants to go to, and that will provide him hopefully with the education he's looking for, something that uh, a lot of his schooling has failed to do uh, over his life. But um, the 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 the, idea, the indoctrination of of young people has become the primary objective. So here comes Senate Bill 193. Senate Bill 193 fundamentally shifts the paradigm. It says the public has a vested interest in the education of children, where the current paradigm says the public has a vested interest in educating children. There is a difference, and I have argued for years that education must shift from a point of view where the government is the provider of the education to where the government is the facilitator of the education. And there is a difference. If you're facilitating the education of a child, what you're basically saying is that you are making it possible for that child to pursue those options that will best enable them to learn. The government-run, government-owned, government-operated, union-influenced bureaucracies require one thing above everything else in order to function. It's conformity. That's why you are in first. That's why they, 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 they set school up by age. They come up with a system. And you, you, you know that internally, deep down, reformers like Dr. Bohen Vargas, who will be our guest tomorrow in our Is Our Children Learning segment, are challenging that paradigm. Reformers like uh, former Parker Varney principal Amy Allen, whose good work got her elevated to an assistant superintendency here in the Queen City. When they talk about personalization of education in the public schools, they're admitting that the system that requires conformity, that you start school at the same age, that you graduate the same, you know, at the same time, that you go, it's all... It has nothing to do with the individual ability of the student. Oh, sure. Are there characteristics of five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds that make a system like this, at least in theory, functional at some levels? Yes, it is. Yes, there are. 
But if, if, if we're going to, and what we do is we say, oh, well, because of the different needs of children and the way they learn, we have completely corrupted what works for the overwhelming majority of children and installed paradigms like whole world language and a you know, fuzzy math and a whole bunch of other crap for that small percentage of kids who can't function with the normal way of teaching. And we have imposed the alternative ways of teaching that may, but are not guaranteed to help those minorities of kids onto everybody. And you know what we've done? We've disabled more kids from learning the topic matter, which creates more need for programs, which creates more need for bureaucrats, which creates more need for union members, because, oh my God, all of these children, we're having all of these problems suddenly Despite centuries of being able to do this, we no longer can teach kids math. We no longer can teach kids how to read. We no longer can teach kids how to write. We've completely disabled the fundamentals being taught, created a whole list of problems that the people who disabled the fundamentals being taught are now coming in with new programs and new reasons and new this and new that and new schemes to fix what they broke rather than just going back to what they were doing before they broke it. That's what happens when you have a government-run system, and it doesn't matter if it's education or welfare or health care or anything else. It's a system that, quote, has to treat everybody the same. The worst thing you can do to somebody is treat them the same as somebody else. You're talking about equity versus equality. Hey, Josh and I both... Uh, you know, Josh and I were both taught to play basketball the same way. Josh has got about half a foot on me or more. I'm not a basketball player. So what good does it teach me to play basketball the way Josh plays basketball if even if I were a basketball player? If you see me play basketball, you know you'd have a chance. <laughs> or would I? Because you're so much taller than I am. I have to I have to play that game a different way if I'm going to compete against somebody like you who has got certain advantages over me, if only in height, right? So now what Senate Bill 193 is doing is it's saying no, 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 no. We are not going to we are not going to uh, continue uniquely and exclusively with a paradigm that says it is the government's responsibility to educate uh, uh, to educate children. We are going to say it is the government's responsibility to facilitate the education of children and to facilitate that we are going to take a percentage of the money that we as the state of New Hampshire give to government-owned, operated school districts to educate children, and we're going to give that to the parent, and we're going to let the parent, who knows their children the best, determine where they can go with the resources that we have made available to them. Because after all, whether it goes to the parent or it goes to the school, it's, it's being done for the child, right? So if the Manchester School District gets... $3,600 to educate that child from the state of New Hampshire. Why can't the state of New Hampshire say instead, we're going to give that three, we're going to give that child $3,000. And if the child goes to the Manchester school, then the school will get that, that all their money. If it doesn't, the school will still get 600 bucks and the parent can send the kid 
wherever the parent uh, believes is best for the kid. I don't see what's wrong with that. We have Eddie in Manchester on the line. Good morning, Eddie. Hey, good morning, Rich. Hey, Rich, you pointing out that someone's got six inches on you is not exactly a shocker, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> And you probably have eight or ten. Yeah, and on a more serious note, Rich, listen, um, let me me throw this tidbit out at you, okay, on your subject matter here. With the emphasis on STEAM, okay, I just want to ask you, where does that leave English, history, civics, and subjects like that? Are those subjects being uh, shortchanged? with, with, you know, a focus on STEAM education? Uh, In a word, yes. Absolutely, and it's something that I have raised over and over and over again on the school board because every every time somebody, and and Dr. Vargas now has heard it so often, he preempts it. He talks about the importance of STEM education in today's world. You know, I I never fail to remind them that uh, take a look at our our actual literacy rates in English and, and, and social studies and history, and you'll know that there are far more important things if you want to have a community, a society, and or uh, exist in an organized, uh, understood way. Yeah, by the way, when, when was the Revolutionary War fought? Who did we fight it against? Why did we fight it? Stuff like that, you know what I mean? Exactly. That stuff is, is just as important. Yeah. All right, Rich. Hey, I sent you a message. Check out the message I sent you reference last night's meeting i don't know if you'll have time to go into it but well, as matter, all right, take care as a matter of fact eddie uh we yeah. did we did go into it i didn't name you though but we did go into it at the uh, well, at, at the top of the yeah. seven o'clock hour so you want to listen okay i'll yeah, the sandwich there how it opened and ended was kind of sickening but okay all right take care rich all right eddie. thanks eddie i know i don't know how it ended but because <laughs> I shut the TV off and went to bed. I was just exhausted yesterday. But we got to, speaking of exhausted, we've run out of time. You are listening to the Dry Large Radio Show. I'm Rich Gerard. Stay tuned for Judy Lubier. She's in for Caring for Seniors right after this.